study of God's Word, we're answering questions that we as believers need to ask ourselves. They're questions that God wants us to ask. I want to uh, today share with you a question. How can I truly come into God's presence and really experience His presence and really worship Him? I want to read from the 10th chapter of the book of Hebrews, and I want to read verses 19 through 22, so listen. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open to us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and will with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from guilty from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. If we're serious about coming into God's presence privately and when we have public worship, if we really want to acknowledge his worthship, that's what worship is, acknowledging God's worth and expressing that to him, then the writer of Hebrews is, is very clear that we can have absolute access into the very presence of God. He says we can come with confidence into the holy place where God is. And he says it's because of the blood of Christ. When Christ died, that curtain was broken in the temple, and though there no longer was a holy of holies, everybody could go into the very presence of God. He made the payment for that. And in the past, in the Old Testament, people were often told, to keep their distance. Now we are told to draw near and to do it with confidence. And so we can come into God's presence in prayer and praise and all kinds of ways we can stand close and hear him speak through his word to us. But he also has says that Jesus is the high priest over this house of God. He's our great high priest. He's the one who takes us into God's presence. He's the one who holds our hand and walks with us because we cannot do it ourselves. And, and then he says, let's draw near with confidence. So how do we do it? I think there are two main things that he's emphasizing here that are really important. He says we must enter into worship with a sincere heart. If we really want to enter God's presence in our daily times with him and in public worship, we have to do it with a sincere heart and a full assurance of faith. You see, God is a holy God. He's not. He can only be worshipped by holy people. We can only be holy when first we've trusted Christ and then when we come into his presence with a sincere heart. I think we need to recognize what we mean by heart here. In the scripture, the heart is often used. It doesn't mean the organ that pumps blood usually. That's a physical organ. But the Bible, when it speaks about the heart, is usually talking about that which is within us and it's composed of our intellect, our emotions, and our will. Hanley Molay used to say the heart is the organ of personality. And what he was saying by that was very simple, that the heart means the inner part of man, where he thinks, where he feels, and where he chooses. And when you and I really come into God's presence, all of that must be sincere. Our emotions must be sincere. Our will must be sincere. Our desire must be sincere. And that's a, that's a genuine heart. That's a sincere heart. 
Westcott used to say it's a heart which expresses completely the devotion of the whole person to God. There's no divided allegiance. Adolf Saphir, the Bible expositor, said only a whole heart is true. And a true heart is never pleased with itself, but it's at peace that, that Jesus is everything. Andrew Murray said it's only as the desire of the heart is fixed upon God, the whole heart seeking God, giving its love and finding its joy in God, that a man can get close to God. Stephen Charnack said, without the heart, it is not worship. It's a stage play, an acting part. Without being that person is really a hypocrite. We may say we worship God, but when we worship, we have to come with a sincere heart. In Matthew 15, 7 and 8, Jesus said, in Isaiah's day, there were those who didn't have a sincere heart. He said, you hypocrites, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, this people draw near unto me with their mouth, they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. You see, there was confession without commitment. The commitment of a true heart that is absolutely essential if we're going to come into God's presence and worship him, and if we're going to experience him in his power and his glory. And that's only happens when that's true. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. All that we have and everything we are. And this is God's command for us. One of the classic examples of a man who was willing to give God his whole heart was Abraham. Abraham had surrendered everything to God, he thought, until one day God said, Abraham, I want you to give your son as a sacrifice to me. Anything but that, for Abraham loved his son. And besides that, his son was the child of promise. God had said he was going to make a great nation out of Abraham. And this was his only son. This was his only heir who could be the father of that great nation, a part of that great nation. But Abraham trusted God and surrendered that God would do. He was surrendered to what God would do, what was best, because he believed he could trust God. And so he did exactly what God said and surrendered his will to God and went up into the mountain, took the wood, took the knife, and was willing to make that sacrifice. But, of course, God stopped, and God does not require human sacrifice. But he was teaching a lesson to Abraham and to us that we have to be willing to give it all and he can give back all that he wants to give back. Psalm 86:11, David is praying and he's talking to God and he says, Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. David says, I have a problem. I have a divided heart at times. So unite my heart to fear your name. To worship, I can't really worship, David says, because sometimes my heart is in other direct, going in other directions. I think Second Chronicles 16, 9 helps us. For There the Bible says, For the eyes of the Lord move to and throw throughout the whole earth, that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. God is looking for those whose heart belong to him and that we recognize that he is the Lord of our lives. Dwight L. Moody was a man who knew what it was to come into the fullness of worship and to be used by God. And Moody once heard a man say, the world is yet to see what can be done through a man wholly surrendered to him. And Moody said, by the grace of God, I want to be that man. If you know anything about Christian history, you know God greatly used Dwight Moody, not because he was brilliant or gifted or educated or a man of superlative gifts, but he was a man whose heart was given to God. Dr. Graham Scroggie was a great Bible teacher of the first half of this century, a master expositor. He shared that early in his preaching ministry he became ill and the diagnosis was made by the doctor 
that the only way he could be cured was to cease from preaching. The pressure was too great. He said, have you ever, and he went back to seek the, uh, the advice of a friend, and his friend said, have you ever really surrendered to Jesus Christ? Now, he's not talking about salvation. He's talking about the yieldedness of his heart in totality to God day by day. Graham Scoggy did that and continued his preaching and became one of the great Bible expositors of his day who touched thousands of people with the Word of God. And that's when we have surrendered it all. Now, we're going to talk more about that at our next gathering tomorrow, and I hope you'll be with me, and I look forward to seeing you. God bless you. Have a great day.